This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. In our series, What's That Building? We always ask for you to chime in with the places in the city that pique your interest. So we love when you drop us a line. I'm Matthew Matasia from Edgewater Beach in Chicago. I was interested in the Indian Village neighborhood of Life Park in Kenwood area and uh, wonder why it was called that and talking about the Art Deco masterpieces of uh, Narragansett and the uh, poetry that are in the neighborhood and among others. Well, our architecture sleuth, Dennis Rodkin, looked into the history of the name, the buildings in the area, and the practice of using native imagery in design. And he joins us now in studio, as always, on every other Thursday. (laughs) Hey, Dennis, welcome back. Hi, Sasha. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, So orient us, first of all. Where are we talking about here? Uh, If you were to go west of the drive between 48th and 50th, basically, it's about six square blocks. It's uh, 17 acres. Um, there are, uh, it's about half housing and half parking. Uh, the proportions, I don't have those proportions exactly right, but if you were coming south on the drive mm-hmm. when you sort of uh, veer to the left around what you think is the beginning of Hyde Park, right there, 48th to 50th west of the drive. I see. Now, you said that this area was originally Lake Bottom. So how did it go from Watery Lake, Michigan to the Chicago Beach Hotel, the, the precursor to Indian Village? Well, uh, so the Chicago Beach Hotel was sort of at the south end of this site. Um, It's not there now, but they built breakwaters. They built docks out onto the water, sand gathered, and eventually they built up. They had about seven acres of their own that had been lake bottom. Mm. Then the parks want to come in and they want to build the drive south from downtown to Jackson Park. And they say, well, you know, you're, you, the Chicago Beach Hotel, are on the water. We're going to build outside you. We're going to build out in the water. And so a, a land swap was arranged. The hotel gives up its riparian rights but gains several more acres. So now they've got 16 acres with the drive going on the outside of them. Uh, and then they said, well, then we'll subdivide this. These are going to have great views. Again, I said the drive bends around this area. These are going to have great views downtown. Let's build a whole bunch of high-rise apartment buildings on this land that used to be Lake Bottom. Ah, well, the first building in the area was the Barclay, a limestone building. Then came the Poetin, which is part of what gives the area its name. Right. So tell us about that building. It's Art Deco. Well, let's first talk about its name. Matthew said Poetin. You said Poetin. That does seem to be the accurate way to pronounce the word. Many people see it and read it as Powhatan rhyming with Manhattan, Mm -hmm. Um, but... So that's become a popular way to say it as well. Yeah, one of the ways people say it is Powhatan, and so I thought we ought to clarify that in case people don't know what we're talking about when we say the poetry. Good call. Um, It's it's an absolutely spectacular Art Deco building, and again, if you think of that drive, the the drive bending around it, it, it's almost as if the drive was built to showcase this building because you see the interstices between the windows that are these brightly colored panels rising up 20 stories. Um, And then if you get closer, not in your car, um, you see Native American heads carved into the stone. You see quivers of arrows. Inside, it is, many people have gone on Open House Chicago and other times, it's this Art Deco wonderland with this brightly lit pool in pink and green. There are murals, there are mosaics, there's a fireplace with this crazy slogan on it that somebody has to translate to you. It is spectacular. Mm. Much of the imagery is Native American characters. Who was Poetin? 
he was a leader of an uh, really an empire that spanned about 200 miles in Virginia. Uh, he's also known as the father of Pocahontas, both in the real and the fictionalized version of that. He was a, a leader of a very large nation when settlers arrived. And you write that there's there's not a recorded rationale for calling the building Poetin. Tell us more. There's not. You know, if you read if you read the old articles uh, when the building was announced in the 1920s in the Chicago Chicago Tribune, uh, they say they're going to use the name Poetin. They refer to him as an engine, I N J U N. Um, so you kind of get the idea that it's just sort of a character we've whipped up, uh, we've dreamed up, I should say. Um, and there's no explanation for why to use his name specifically. There is a reason that at that time there was a lot of use of Native American characters, symbols, implements as decorative schemes, especially in Art Deco buildings. So if you look closer, as you mentioned, you will see the Native imagery on the sides. And so to get specific, it's got men in, in feather headdresses, right. uh, teepees, light fixtures in the shape of, of quivers with, with arrows. Those are right. You talked with Beth Redbird, who is uh, an associate professor of sociology at Northwestern University, also faculty fellow with the Center for Native American and Indigenous Research. And she said that the name is for Eastern tribes with imagery taken from Western tribes. Right. Explain that. Well, so she and I were talking about this idea of does this building honor? In the 1920s, the idea was we haven't used any uh, European imagery. We're only using American imagery. Mm -hmm. This is very modern, and that's sort of how it's announced at the time. And so this sort of romantic view of the Native Americans is part of, of saying we're an American building. So I talked to her to say, you know, 100 years later, how does that look? We've, be we've become a lot more aware of appropriation, especially of Native American culture. And um, she said one of the ways you can see that it's not so much an honor as those people are being used as mascots is that the name Poetin is for an Eastern, a person from an Eastern tribe, tribe and the headdresses and some of the other materials were, were not used by Eastern tribes, but by people who were in the what are now the Western states. Mm -hmm. And so she sort of said, you know, you're not really honoring them if you haven't done any research on them. And you've done this sort of mashup of here are a bunch of Indian things I like. I'll stick them all on the wall. Yeah. And say more. How does this play then uh, into the, the history of using Native people and imagery as mascots? Well, we've seen you know, a lot of changes made there, too. Right? We do. At that time, it's very interesting to look. So this building is completed in 1929, and there are at least three other um, major uses of Native Americans as ornament in Chicago architecture at the time. There are the two sculptures, the Bowman and the Spearman, they're called, as you go into Grant Park on Ida B. Wells. There were giant, as you and I discussed when we were at the Merchandise Mart for yes. another segment, there were giant heads of Native chiefs crowning that building and then uh and it all opened in 1928 and at the same time the bridge at michigan avenue now the dusab bridge has these four big sculptural panels mm -hmm. that depicted um potawatomi both living and dead um and so at the time what beth redbird described was we've it's the 1920s there have been decades primarily since the civil war there have been decades of the federal government um, trying to eradicate Native Americans, mm -hmm. trying to wipe out not only the people, but the culture, um, wiping out the languages, that sort of thing. And Chicago would have felt that, she pointed out, because Chicago was still 
the closest to the, as she says, the closest to the quote unquote frontier. Um, and so, and she said many people would have real, would have said, yeah, I've known some of these people or I've seen some of these battles. I've been aware. So it would have been, she says, um, a way to say, yeah, those people are gone now. Now we can use them as decoration. Other elements at the the Politan aren't native derived. Uh, briefly tell us about the ferns and steamships. Well, so that's one of the interesting things. It's got this native name. It has these these native figures on the doors and the grill work and all the other details we've talked about. But then when you wander through, you also see steamships and you see just sort of um, abstracted geometrical shapes in real sort of Art Deco style. So it's, I mean, it is a real pastiche. Mm -hmm. It's just that the native parts are really the ones that stand out in part because when you walk up to the front door, the two front doors are graced, are, are uh, decorated with two native men. And, and development stopped during the Depression and then resumed after World War II and, and buildings still continued to be named after tribes. Yeah, this is the really interesting thing. So that one is built, the one next door called the Narragansett is built and then the Depression happens. And then when development starts on this uh, former Chicago Beach Hotel land, again after the war, Mies van der Rohe designs six buildings. Have, they have no decoration. They're Mies van der Rohe buildings. They're right. as stripped down as they could be, but they're called the Algonquin. There are six of them. Mm -hmm. And then another one comes in a little bit later called the Chippewa. So eventually, so it's, it's kind of interesting that people carry forward this notion, though they haven't used it in any decorative scheme. Uh. And that's how the name Indian Village comes to be, is we've got um, six, seven, eight, nine buildings all with native names. And, and by the way, before I let you go, did you get an answer to this? Our caller, Matthew, pointed out that there are a lot of parking lots in the area. What did you learn about why that is? Well, this is because development stopped. Uh, this is so this uh, again, this had just not became been open space. Right. Yeah. It hadn't been developed land. It was going to be it, it is created land from the sand that comes in. And the hotel says we're going to build a bunch of apartment buildings, but they've built really the ones we've talked about and two or three others. Later, some townhouses are built in the 90s and 2000s. There are two big chunks of townhouses, and they take up some of the parking spaces, uh, par what used to be parking lots. So if you went back 25, 30 years, you'd mm -hmm. see even more parking. Now we've got the low rises, the hotel, and these high rises. But essentially, it's because uh, ne nothing had ever been there before, and then development ground to a halt. Well, thank you to our caller, Matthew. And if you have a building that you want to know more about, do what he did. Give us a call. Leave a voicemail at 888-915-9945. That is 888-915-9945. Tell us where it is and what you want to know about it, and we'll forward the message on to Dennis. That's Dennis Rodkin, real estate reporter for Crane's Chicago Business. Thank you. Thanks, Sasha.